Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Today, I'm chatting with Ann Foley of the Chicago-based food startup, 10th Avenue Tea. 10th Avenue Tea is one of my favorite types of brands because it was one that was created to solve a very specific problem. In my conversation with Anne, you'll hear the shocking revelation that inspired Anne to start this company with her sister-in-law, how the duo created a crystal clear brand purpose that has guided every decision they've made in their business, from packaging to website design, and why Anne thinks having the right mentors can change everything for a new business owner. As always, you can check out all the interviews by following me on Medium at Audrea Greenhoff or at AudreaGreenhoff.com. Now on to my interview with Anne Foley of 10th Avenue Tea. First off, thank you for joining me. I'm really excited to get a chance to talk to you and learn a little bit more about your business. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's start off by you telling me a little bit about who you are and what your company, 10th Avenue Tea, is all about. Sure. My name's Anne Foley. I'm based in Chicago and my partner Morgan's based in L.A., And we have an all-natural instant tea powder company, and it's tea powder delivered in a little metal shaker bottle um, with 45 servings in it, and then you recycle it when you're done, so it's an eco-friendly product. I am definitely a tea drinker myself, so I was excited to dive into your website and take a look at what you guys are offering. So tell me a little bit about how this idea came to fruition. I read an article by the creator of the Keurig, mm-hmm. um, the little K-Cups, and he was like, I probably shouldn't have invented this. And it said that 9 billion Keurig K-Cups go into the landfill every single year, oh my God. enough to line the world 10 times. And I was like, oh my God, I got to figure out a way to do something about this. That's insane and unnecessary. So, um, and coincidentally, my sister-in-law posted the same article that exact day. So I called her and I was like, let's figure out a way to do something better. Um, try and figure out a convenient beverage. And we weren't totally coffee drinkers, but we were tea drinkers. So we're like, let's figure out a way to make a convenient tea without all of this packaging waste. We actually found something called Zintro, which is like a hookup site for food chemists. So we were able to kind of say what we wanted to do and then post it out there and we were able to connect with the food chemist. So talk to me a little bit about um, your, what makes your tea different than the average, you know, tea that you may find there because it's an instant, it's an instant tea. There's matcha tea, which is actually the tea ground into a fine powder. So it's really concentrated. When we first started, everybody told us we needed to add fillers to make it look like people are getting more. But Mm -hmm. to us, there was no point in adding stuff to the tea. Like, we wanted a healthy beverage. Um, So it's just the ground tea leaves milled into a powder. And what we do is we shake it. We have it in a little shaker bottle, and no one else is shaking out tea. So it's really convenient. That convenience factor was important to us. So you just shake a tiny bit and then add hot or cold water or people shake it into their lattes or smoothies or oatmeals, kind of for a matcha boost. 
it takes a while for people to understand what it is. Like they love the bottle, but they think maybe it's five hour energy or, you know, and then when they see that, oh my gosh, there's 45 servings in this little bottle, it kind of clicks to them, like how easy it is to make. So you just shake it into hot or cold water so there's not any of the, um, you know, waiting for like a, if you. The tea bag to steep, right. right. And if you shake it and then add the water, the movement of the water stirs it up so you don't even have to stir it. Wow. And there will always be a little sediment, which is the matcha, which is the healthy part. Uh, people like it. I mean, that's what they're drinking it for is, you know, matcha has 10 times antioxidants of regular green tea. Because you're ingesting the green tea instead of like a contact, yeah. which is what a tea bag is. So we're kind of making it mainstream. Real matcha is kind of a pain to make and measure out and it's messy. So yeah. uh, we kind of made it easier. Tell me about, okay, you got this idea. You read this article about, you know, the incredible waste um, being produced by, you know, items like the Keurig. You got with your sister-in-law and you came up with this idea. So was the first thing you did, you, you hooked up with, with a chemist and how did it kind of, how did you get the ball rolling from there? So how did you go from idea to really getting things in motion and starting a, you know, a business? Sure. Our actual first invention was a tea bead where we threw it in the Keurig and it dissolved naturally. It was almost like a bouillon cube. But we couldn't do that naturally. And for us, one of our main pillars was all natural. So it was really important, you know, that we stay away from any of the preservatives or the sugars or things like that. So we kind of had to regroup and figure out we have this really good tea powder inside this bead. So we figured out another way to, you know, deliver it in this bottle. And so our first tackle was to figure out what would be our delivery system you know everybody said well you should put it in plastic or put it in single serve cups you know those little stick packs and we were like that's against the point we're trying to reduce packaging um so to us it was important to stick to our goals which were all natural convenient and also eco-friendly and we kind of got advice to advice to do otherwise along the way but those were our three pillars and uh, we stuck our ground so we figured out a way to um, deliver it in this little shaker bottle and then I created a label on Excel and uh, I hired somebody to help me put it into like an actual label and to make sure it was, you know, FDA approved and stuff. And so our first 200 bottles, we actually filled in my dining room. Wow. Uh, I live on 10th Avenue. So that's where 10th Avenue tea comes from. That's awesome. And, you know, we're like, let's just sell it to our friends and family and get some feedback. You know, our initial thing was, we kind of sent out a survey to see if people would be interested in this concept. And then we sent them a bottle and kind of asked for feedback before we totally launched um, because we didn't want to do something that nobody had interest in. So that's kind of how we started. So we went straight from 200 bottles in my dining room to running a 4,000 bottle run at a co-packer. I was actually able to connect with a great manufacturer's rep who was able to connect me with the right manufacturer for this project. Because one of the problems 
with startups is that nobody, everybody has these high minimums. Mm-hmm. You know, they want, okay, I'll do your product, but you have to produce 10,000 or however many. And it's really hard for a startup because your initial run, I guarantee, is not done the right way. Like, it's just a learning curve. So you don't want to spend all that money for product that you probably might have to throw out <laughs> or it's not how you want it. You talked to me about, you know, you had these really set values at the beginning. How do you think when it comes to your brand story, what's the most, um, you know, important thing that you're communicating and how have you taken that through your packaging and on your website? How has that process been like? The number one reason um, that people buy us is convenience. That was one of our main trigger factors for starting the company so we made sure you know that we hit people in the face with how easy it is we wanted the first thing they saw when they go onto our website is the video how you just shake add water Mm -hmm. that's it like that was the easiest way for us to convey how convenient it is um so that's kind of we make sure in anything that we publish or anything that there's either a diagram or access to that video because it's to us it seems self-explanatory like you just shake it out since no one else is shaking out tea people don't really understand it and all it takes is a one second to see a diagram or a video and then we're like oh i get it well the website is beautiful i was just browsing right before we oh thank got you on. it's really really nice I like that it's, you know, super clean and, and easy to navigate. And the photos are really beautiful as well. So congrats on that. Thanks. So tell me about what do you think this process has been like? And when did you know that you guys were kind of on something? The process has been crazy. I think any entrepreneur would agree. Like, one day it's amazing, and the next day you're like, oh, my God, are we closing? (laughs) It's just up and down. It really, it honestly is. And that's part of the fun and the excitement and the terror of having a startup. One part that made us really realize that maybe we're on to something is we kept getting, we never thought we would be in, like, grocery stores. We just thought it would be an online product. Mm -hmm. But we kept getting you know, contacted by retailers because they're looking for something new and innovative in the tea category. And I mean, just random, like my sister-in-law loves your tea. You know, will you call me like somebody from a big retailer or something like that? And so we were like, maybe people get it. You know, it's possible that people get it. And honestly, it's been three years And it wasn't until this year I did something called a purpose pitch um, with DePaul University, which is my alma mater. And we won the thing. And it was like we won most purposeful startup in Chicago. And it kind of made me realize that there are other people out there who they really get the impact that millions of pounds of plastic from instant tea plastic bottles or, you know, are going into the landfills and the oceans. People get it. And, you know, we were really early on this trend. And, but it's now finally starting to click in that people realize, you know, the environmental impact that the bottle has. So that was kind of our 
affirmation that maybe we might have something. <laughs> I had a, this is my second invention. My first one was a reusable dry cleaning bag that eliminated plastic bags and dry cleaners. And I would go into a dry cleaner and they would like throw hangers at me. And they just put me in there like I was an outsider. So I was a little hesitant to start another business. And Chicago definitely, and I know other cities are like this, but Chicago is a huge food startup community. And it's very welcoming. Like there's, it, I can't even describe it, but I'm probably in like four or five different peer groups and I've gotten more from my peer mentors than I've gotten you know we have some established mentors who have helped us out but there's nothing like a peer mentor you know they've been there they're in the trenches with you they tell you what to avoid they help you with contacts it's almost like this second family mm -hmm. um, and some of these groups we get together once a month and you see the same people and you share the same stories and um, it's not guarded. It's, you know, I can't explain it, but it's this great, great energy where everybody's supportive. What do you need? Oh, I got a guy for that. I'll send you an email. You know, where's your struggle? Okay, I did that. This is how this helped me. And uh, so I would say peer mentorship, hands down, has been my greatest resource. So tell me a little bit about... Let's go back a bit um, to when you were young. Was, what did you want to be when you grew up? Was, was entrepreneurship always something that interested you? I was the baby of seven kids. Wow. So things were pretty busy at my house. And I was a lot younger than my siblings. So I kind of just found ways to make myself busy. <laughs> I would create like scavenger hunts. And I, you know, my parents were very creative. So I would create movies. I don't know. I've always just been very creative. And since I can remember, I've been thinking of inventions. I mean, I think my first invention was like in sixth grade where I wanted to make a U-turn light bulb on people's cars. So I think it, it's just, I think some people are just... Even to date, I'm constantly Googling. I'm like, oh, my God, I have the best idea. And then I Google it, and it's taken. But <laughs> it's just kind of a spirit that some people have. They're just It's an innovative spirit that I don't know what caused it, but I've always been like that. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, congratulations on this business. It looks like you, you guys are definitely seeing some success. Yeah. And we're going into Target um, next month. So nice. Be, Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So I want to switch gears a little bit before we wrap up. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about business. So switching gears a little bit to some fun, closing, kind of rapid fire questions. Are you up for some of these? Sure. What do you got? Okay. So number one, what is your favorite day of the week and why? I like, I'm probably the only person in the world who likes Mondays. That's okay. my favorite day. I don't know why, but I'm most productive on Mondays. Um, and that's the reason I love it. I get so much done on Mondays. I think because you're a little more relaxed on Saturday and Sunday. And mm -hmm. Monday morning, I always get up earlier than the rest of the week and just get stuff done. So, so number two, what is the last TV show or movie that you watched? 
I'm actually watching a show called Succession on HBO. Um, it's about a family business, and I grew up in a family business, so it's kind of a guilty pleasure. It kind of relates to my family, except this is like a $10 billion business that they're dealing with. Um, but I'm kind of drawn to dramas for some reason. I love a good drama. If you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Uh, peanut butter, carrots, and grapes. I could live on those. I make a peanut butter, carrot, banana smoothie in the morning. <laughs> huh, okay. We won't put that on any of our recipes, but for some reason... I like that. I don't know why. <laughs> What's one thing most people would never guess about you? Um, I'm obsessed with British murder mysteries. Really? <laughs> I don't know why. Even when I was little, I used to read Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. And now on TV, there's such good like murder mysteries on the BBC. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like a 75 year old woman. I'm actually, I'm always like, mom, did you watch this? It's awesome. And she's like, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> What's one of the last ones you saw? Something that you'd recommend maybe? JK Rowling actually wrote a series of murder mysteries under a pseudonym. Okay. Uh, Robert Galbraith. And they, um, so I've read all those books, and so now the movies are coming out. She's an amazing writer. Um, so it's fun to see, you know, everything I read come to life. So I'm watching those series. And there you have it. That was my interview with Ann Foley of 10th Avenue Tea. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you'd like to learn more about 10th Avenue Tea, you can check them out at 10thAvenueTea.com or on Amazon.com. You can also listen to all the episodes of this series by following me on Medium at Audrea Greenhoff or at AudreaGreenhoff.com. Until next time.